morning, everyone. Uh, it's good to see everyone here at the eight. Over the past two centuries, anytime there would be a group of people that say, you know what, I want to get more out of life. I want to see who this Jesus guy is and who is he to me. Anytime somebody would say something along those lines, they would attend a gathering just like this. And back then they would use a formal word and they called it catechesis. And it was just a membership group for people to formally learn who Jesus is to, to the world and to them personally. And one of the first things they would learn is the structure and mission statement of Christianity, which we know today as being called the creed. And this statement is what gives structure and clarity to who we are as followers of Christ. And then once these people that are wanting to become Christian, once they learn the creed, this mission statement, they would learn a very special prayer for them to communicate with God. And they would actually learn it before their baptism. And actually, they would say it on their baptism day. Because before that time, they're learning the, the formalities. They're learning about, you know, who is God? Who is God the Son? Who is God the Holy Spirit? What is the church? What is all this church stuff about? What is the liturgy about? They would learn all that stuff during their, their classes. And then all of a sudden, the bishop who would be teaching them would say, okay, you know what? Now I want you to know the platform, the template of how we communicate with God. And there's this template that Jesus gave his early followers and said, I want you to use this template when you talk to your heavenly father. And he gave them structure of what to, talk, what to say to God to kind of guide them and hold their hand. Because many of us, let's face it, when we pray, um, yeah, thank you God for this food and thank you for this day and thank you. And that's what many of us say. But Jesus kind of gave us a template because his early followers said a question that many of us say, like, you know, how, how should we pray? Like, you know, like, what do we do? We do, do we ask for like a, a raise? Do we ask for like, what do we, what, like, how, what, what should our prayer consist of? And this is a, that's a question that we ask. And these are the question that these 12 followers and many other followers of Jesus asked him. What exactly, you know, should we say? Just, you know, thank you, God, for a nice day. What do we say? What do we say? What do we say? But if we kind of look at our motive, like some of us are like, we don't know what to say. But then there's another group of people saying like, what's the point of prayer anyway? What's the point of prayer? Some of us do it out of fear. Some of us saying, okay, I don't know if I believe in this all prayer stuff, but you know what? Let me just do it just in case. It doesn't hurt. You know, I got an exam. I got this going on in my family. It doesn't hurt. Let me just add it into the mix of things. And we do it sometimes out of fear. There's some people that don't do it all together. Why? They prayed for something in the past. And God didn't do what they asked, what they prayed for. And they said, forget it. I, I clearly prayed for this. God did not allow this to happen. Like I exactly prayed for him to do this. He did not do it. So what's the point? And we just kind of check out a prayer. Many of us look at prayer as if it's a vending machine that we put in. Like if we put in the coins in this direction and in this order, then we'll be able to get something out of the vending machine. And that's how many of us look as far as what the, 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 the purpose of prayer. Out of the many times that the early followers of Jesus asked Jesus, you know, you know, how should we pray? Like, what should we say? What should we not say? What's the point? Jesus answered, one of his answers was, 
okay, like, but whatever you do, like, you can talk to God however you want because actually he's your father. But I don't want you to just to go through the motions and say these insincere prayers like the Pharisees are. I don't want you to just to kind of just do it for the sake of doing because it's communication. It's a relationship. So I don't want you to just get lost in doing the, the checkbox. I got to do this. That was, that was his biggest thing, and they told him, don't just do it for the sake of doing it. But you're actually talking to someone. You are talking to someone. Then he went further to explain the template prayer. When they kept on, the disciples kept on asking Jesus, okay, how, okay, so just tell us, tell us, Jesus, how should we pray? We see you going off to the mountain sometimes, time by yourself. You're usually in, in seclusion every now and then, especially in the morning. You like do your quiet time by yourself, and, and I see you talking to God. But what are you saying? Like, what should we be saying? We see some other people that are following John the Baptist. They, they, they do this prayer thing too, but what, what should we say? Like, what are you saying to, to, to God? What should we be saying? And Jesus said, okay, I'm going to give you a template. I'm going to give you a template of how you should talk to God. This prayer is what we know as the Lord's Prayer, our Father. And actually, this prayer, all the early Christians, including St. John Chrysostom, a bishop in the third century, said, this is the epitome of all prayers. This is the pinnacle of every type of prayer. Everything points to this perfection of prayer. When we understand and capture everything that's packed into this 40-second prayer, if we understand everything of it, it perfectly captures everything of what we should be talking to our Heavenly Father about. John Chrysostom called this, this is the crown of all prayers. This is the crown of all prayers. So Jesus said this, okay, in this manner, I want you to pray, saying, our Father. Maybe a lot of us are numb to that. But the second Jesus said this, this was a huge, radical, extreme, outside-the-box concept that, 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 that Jesus, the first thing he said, okay, guys, listen, listen, I'm going to teach you how to pray. I'm going to teach you. Okay, repeat after me. Our Father. Actually, in all other languages, Father is the first word. So he would, he would actually sit with them. He says, okay, okay, sit down. Say Father. And the second he said that, it was so foreign to them. It was so formed because to them, these are Jewish boys. These are Jewish men. They know the Jewish Bible. They know the Torah. They know God is Yahweh. They know that he is, he is the Lord. He, he is, no, he's the mighty. These are the words of how they understood God to be. But the second Jesus said, okay, you really want to pray to Yahweh? You want to pray to him? Say, Father. It was so foreign to them. And it is foreign to many other religions. That God, God, the uncreated being, is Father. Throughout all the different names given to God in the Jewish Bible, in the Old Testament, only seven times it was a relational name of something similar to Father. Other times it was God saying, I am who I am. I am, I am the mighty. I am the Lord. I am God. These are the words that, that God would describe himself. But it was through the visible manifestation of God, which we know as Jesus. He said, okay, you want now? You want, you want it to, to speak to God? Now, because of me, he has become personal to you. Because of me, he 
has become personal to you. All the Old Testament, about seven times, something similar to Father was used to describe God. Throughout the entire New Testament, over 150 times that something related to Father was used. Why? So many of us forget this point. God is a person, not just a power. God is a person, not just a power. That he's not just some being somewhere sitting on some type of cloud with a long white beard. No, he is a person. He is relatable. He is real. He is tangible. He desires an intimate relationship with us because he loves me and he loves you. This was so radical. This was so foreign to the ears of those Jewish followers of Jesus. For Jesus to say, okay, you want to talk to God? You want to talk to God? Okay, repeat after me. Father. I said, Father? Dad? It's actually like my father, the way we think, not like formal. Yes, Father. So we think of Father like a formal word. It actually means Daddy. It means Ava. Imagine. Imagine that Jesus is sitting with these. You want to talk to God? The God that you knew since you were a kid? You know all the tour and everything like that? You memorized all the songs? Okay, I want you to call this God. I want you to call him Dad. Dad? That's disrespectful. You want me to call dad, you want me to call God the mighty dad? Jesus says he's here to be have a personal relationship. Relationship. He is a person that desires to be one with you at a very intimate level. He's not just a power, he is a person. This 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 set the this set the the the, the format of this entire template of prayer, that the first word being Father. Say father. Say dad. Call him daddy. It sounds funny to us, but that's what it was. It was a radical extreme viewpoint of what Jesus told his followers. The second part of this template prayer is our dad, who is in heaven, your name be holy. Your name be holy. From the get-go, from, from now this first segment of this template prayer, we're saying, Dad, who is in heaven, actually, we want your name to be, to be revered. We want your name to have reverence. We want your name to be holy. Because it's, it's your name is where we find life. And your name is not just God or I am. Your name is the physician. Your name is the potter. Your name is the redeemer. Your name is the savior. Your name is the Messiah. This is your name. This, because your name, I need to make sure that your name is here and I'm here. That I need to understand your name is above mine. So for us to move forward and talking to dad, he is dad in a personal level, but I need to understand my dad is here and I am 100% here. So the prayer begins, this template prayer that Jesus gives them 2,000 years ago and he gives us, is understanding that dad, who is in heaven, your name is in a completely different category than any other name. Your name is what I need to give reverence to and understand that I don't have it all, but it's your name that completes me, that gives me the fullness of life. If I want to paraphrase this first part, we're saying my dad or our dad who is in heaven, your name be holy. It is us acknowledging our dependency. It is us acknowledging our dependency acknowledging that we don't have it all together and acknowledging we are dependent on our physician, on our 
dad, on our father, on our physician, our redeemer. It's like acknowledging my dependency. Another way we're saying this, help me to bring honor to your name. Our dad, who is in heaven, help me to bring honor to your name. Not to my name, not to me, 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 me. Give me this, give me this. But help me to give honor to where honor is due. The one who has given me everything. Maybe I don't, maybe I don't appreciate it. Maybe I don't understand everything I have. But you know what? Help me to give honor to your name. The next part of this prayer. Our dad who is in heaven, your name be holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All of a sudden we're saying, your name is what needs to, ha- ha- needs to be higher than my name. Is I point to you. Everything I do is pointing to you. But we want your kingdom that's in heaven to come. What's kingdom? Kingdom is where God's name is glorified. Kingdom is where there's perfection of God's will. Kingdom is where God's will is perfected. We want God's will just as it is perfect, just as he is glorified in heaven, we want that to become a divine reality here. What exists there, we want to be here. It's not, yeah, yeah it's, you know, God is just somewhere up there. No, we want your kingdom to, come, to become a divine reality right here, right now. And what is his kingdom? Is where he is number one, where he is the perfection of all, where there is the fullness of life. We want your kingdom come. We want your will to be done here, now, on earth, and in my life, and in my family, and in my city, as it is in heaven. In heaven is where there's perfection of, per, beyond perfection. Where is the epitome and definition of fullness. Where everything I desire is there. So now we want that to come. So it's the beginning of saying, my dad is in heaven. Your name is where, your, your name is where I, was what I reverence. But I want what, what exists in, in, in your kingdom, I want that to become a divine reality here. I want your will to be done on earth just as it's perfect in heaven. One of my favorite prayers in of us uh, that we say or what we pray during the liturgy is where we say, Lord, lead us. Continue to lead us throughout the way into your kingdom. Lead us. Lead us in the path that leads to your kingdom. Not the, what's going to come at the end of the day in the gates of heaven. Don't focus on that. His kingdom is now. Jesus said that too. The kingdom is here. It's within us. That was Jesus' answer. When somebody said, where's the kingdom? He said, actually, it's within you. If when I understand that his name is above my name, that I don't have it all together, but he does, that I'm broken, I'm a patient, and he's my physician. Once I realize that, then I'm on the path of understanding his kingdom becoming a divine reality right now. We want your will to be done on earth just as your will is perfect in heaven. Next part we say in the prayer is give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. We talked about last week of how the creed gives us structure and clarity of who we are as Christians. And one of the prayers, one of the parts is saying that we believe in God, the creator of things visible and invisible. The things that we can see and the things that we cannot see. And we point that all this stuff is temporal. All this stuff is going to go. But our focus is on something that's so much more. We even say at the end of the creed that we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life that is to come. Like our focus is on that, not on just. So if you're under so far and looking at the template of this prayer, 
Do you think all of a sudden of us talking about us giving reverence to God's name and how he is the fullness of life and how we want his will, which is perfect in heaven, how we want that to become an incarnational reality on earth? We're saying all that. All of a sudden you think, uh, can you make sure you, we have dinner tonight, God? Do you think that's what we're saying we said would give us this day our daily bread? Like it's, it, that's a hard shift away from the spirit of this prayer. When we say give us this day our daily bread, give us what we need today, that's nourishment for our soul, that helps us come closer to you. Give us the spiritual nourishment that we need that strengthens my relationship with you. It's not just the temporal stuff that comes and goes, but give us something so much more that lasts us beyond this lifetime because all this is a snap of a finger. But help us to give, give us the bread that we need today that gives us nourishment for us to ultimately be with you at the end of time. Jesus said this at one point to early followers. If you, being evil, you don't have it all together. He's talking to, to a group of people that are following. You don't have it all together. Come on, you, we're, we're selfish, we're prideful, we're cocky. We don't have it all together. If you, being evil, if you know how to give, give gifts to your kids, he's saying, you, you know how to give, you always give your kids for, for every little situation, every other occasion, you're giving gifts to your kids. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask him? But the gifts that we, it's fine to ask for the temporal things. I'm not saying anything about that. But that should not be our ultimate focus. That should not be the end. Parents, you want to, you want to, you'd be annoyed if thing, every time your, your, your kid is just, only time they ask you for something is just for your phone so they can play Fortnite. That's annoying. You want more something more than that. You want something more than that. That's all that stuff is temporal. But you desire for them to ask for something more. We're not only asking for the visible bread, but we're asking for the invisible bread. Next thing of this template prayer, we say, and forgive us our trespasses. Yeah, yeah, Father, you know, we always just say, Lord, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. Yeah, 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 forgive my trespasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's kind of how we look at it because we've become so numb to say, yeah, yeah, forgive us our trespasses. Yeah, we do something bad, we're not the greatest. Okay, I get it, I get it. Forgive my trespasses. This, if I... If I don't understand my brokenness, then all of this is kind of pointless. If I don't understand that I'm broken, if I don't understand I'm a patient, then why in the world would I call father physician? There's no point. There'll be no point. There'll be no point for us to come. You'd, I'd rather you sleep in if you don't realize that you, we're not all broken. We're saying forgive us our trespassers, and this becomes a rhythm in our life. For 2,000 years, Christians of, of understanding, I don't have it all together. I don't have it all together. I keep on making mistakes. This has become part of, of the breath of early Christians. And even to now, this is why we continuously say, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. I don't have it all together. And even in this template prayer that Jesus, the Son of God, gave us, for, he is guiding us to say, forgive us our trespasses. It has to become part of our rhythm of us walking toward the fullness of life. I, I'm afraid to ask this. You don't have to answer. You don't have to raise your hand if you want. Who, raises, who brushes their teeth at night and in the morning? Okay. Okay, good. Okay. You should. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to turn this into a dental class, but there's uh, tremendous studies, I remember, in, in dental school that they would show us that malibacteria that would, ha it would grow on your teeth between uh, the nighttime and in the morning. You weren't eating a meal in the middle of the night. You weren't doing nothing. But somehow... There are tons of bacteria sitting on your teeth 
between that six, seven, eight hour period, the time you go to bed and the time you wake up. So the American Dental Association and your beloved priest does recommend you to, to, breeze, to brush at, the, at night and in the morning. Without you doing something, just by the, the scientific facts, that there is bacteria building up on your teeth. Without us doing much, there is still staining that is occurring on our spirit. There's still staining that's occurring on us because we're, we're prideful, we're cocky, we're, we're, we're selfish, we're sinful people. So for us continuously asking for, for, for Lord, forgive us our sins, Lord, forgive us our sins, is us brushing our teeth, is us brushing our teeth. So it has to become embedded into our language and our rhythm inside of us. I don't have it all together, but Lord, do forgive me. Do forgive me. The next part of this, of this template prayer that Jesus gives us is the part that all early Christians focused and meditate on this next part more than any other part of this prayer. Out of any other part of this prayer, they focus more on this. We say, Lord, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lord, forgive us our sins. Lord, don't forgive me. Just as I have forgiven that person that said that annoying thing to me online. Or just like as I forgave that person at work that did this to me. Just as I forgave my wife that did this to me. Yeah, you know, I say I'm so forgiving. Just like just because I'm so loving and I forgive everyone, I don't have any grudge against them. So Lord, forgive my sins. We're putting our money where our mouth is. Lord, forgive my sins just as I am continuously pursuing to give forgiveness to those around me. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me this way, but I need to, part of my restoration, part of my healing, part of my salvation is not just this. Lord, forgive my sins, forgive my sins. But what that person did, like he deserves that. I mean, he knew that. He, he, knew, he knew what he was doing. He did that just to, to really annoy me. But he's a jerk. It's just, forgive my sins here. Forgive my sins here. No. This, my salvation requires this and 100% requires this. Lord, forgive my trespasses as I am continuously pursuing to forgive those who intentionally are trying to hurt me. They both have to go hand in hand. It's not, Lord, Lord, just forgive me and forget about those other people and forget about what this person did to me and said to me. No. Both have to go hand in hand. This is the foundation. This is the template prayer. I'm not, this is not a special prayer, and there's another one where we just say, Lord, forgive my sins. No, all this is packaged together. It's one sins. Lord, forgive us our sins, just as we are continuing to pursue giving forgiveness to those around us. No enemy can harm you as much as you can harm yourself by choosing not to forgive. When you are choosing not to forgive others, you are only hurting yourself. When you choose not to forgive others, you are only damaging yourself. This is by divine design. You're damaging yourself. But you to pursue forgiveness to others, this is part of your healing. This is part of your healing. Out of everything Jesus could have said in this 40-second prayer, he added this. He didn't just forgive my sins, period. Lord, forgive my sins just as I'm continuing to forgive those that have done wrong to me. Next part of the prayer says, and lead us not into temptation. And lead us not into temptation. Wait, Father Nair, are you saying that Jesus tempts us? I'm not going to get into that, but I want you to say, when we sing, and lead us not into temptation, 
I'm saying lead us not lead us away from being enslaved and in in the pits of temptation owning us, of sin owning us. Lead us away from that. Saint Anthony the Great, the one that helped found the monastic life throughout for Christians all throughout the world, and he was Coptic himself. Saint Anthony said, There is no salvation without temptation. There is no salvation without temptation. Part of my healing is knowing when there's choices. Just like, like God gave Adam and Eve, you have choices. But if you want healing, you want oneness with me, you have to make the choice. Us being tempted is part of us being refined. Not for us to be enslaved by that temptation and for it to own us. No, it's for us to say, you know what? This is probably going to lead me to death. And I know that because I think I read that somewhere in the Bible. And I know God doesn't want that for me. But this is what's going to lead me to life and freedom and for me to find my identity in my heavenly dad. Me taking, me being intentional about one path over another is what brings healing to me. So when we say lead us not into temptation, saying don't lead us for us to continue be in the middle of darkness and for this sin, this, this mentality to, to own me, to bring me down, this addiction. I don't want this to own me and to label me because I want to be labeled with my heavenly father on me and not by this sin or this addiction or this issue. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And we summarize this template prayer by saying, all of this is in God in flesh, in Christ, Jesus our Lord. For you is the kingdom, in you is power, in you is the glory forever. And then that amen it's just the Hebrew word meaning exclamation point of just confirming all of this together. That it's us seeking his kingdom, not my own kingdom. It's for me to rely on his power, not on my power. And for me to live for his glory and not for my glory. So it ends with us all being grafted and embedded into him. Now, yeah, yeah, Jesus is really nice. No, it's us being grafted and becoming fused with him. You did that an hour ago in communion. It's us becoming in him. So when we are in God in flesh, then we're seeking his kingdom, relying on his power, and living for his glory. I know we say the Lord's Prayer 10,000 times. But do not focus just on our Father. Amen. That's how many of us do it. That, actually, the, the coolest thing I learned this week is that there are two records of Jesus giving the Lord's Prayer to the disciples in two different Gospels. And both of them are very different. And the meditation I heard from an Orthodox priest is that they're intentionally different. Why? For Jesus, not to, Jesus is telling us not to get stuck up on just the words. Don't get stuck up on just the words, but capture the spirit of what Jesus is telling us. This is a template. Every other prayer that comes from this throughout the centuries of the church all has its root from the Lord's Prayer. Every prayer that we say has its root. We say, Lord, have mercy how many times in any service? It has its root in there. Every prayer is given birth from this template prayer. Jesus says, okay, you want to know how to pray? Okay. When you talk to the God, I want you to say, Dad. Everything, pray, everything, 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 everything stems from how we talk to God, it stems from this template right here. At the end of every service that we have in the Orthodox Church is we pray something called the fraction. 
which is at one of the near, near the end of every service, the end of the liturgy. And we pray this. This is one of the fraction prayers. We say, and as you, Jesus, are one with your Father and your Holy Spirit, may we, may we be one in you and you in us. That your saying may be fulfilled that they may all be one in us. Let me repeat that again. And as you, Lord Jesus, are one with your Father and your Holy Spirit, <clears throat> may we be one and you, and you and us, that your saying may be fulfilled what you said, that they may all be one in us. So that with boldness, we may call God your Father, our Father. Listen how beautiful that is. So that with boldness, we as the body, as a church family of broken people wanting to be healed, wanting to be restored, that with boldness, all of us, we may call God, who is your father, our father. And let us say in an expressive voice, our father. And this is the, the fraction that has existed for centuries. Maybe we'll start praying that here at Samoa. I don't know. But I love it. This is one of the fractions. With boldness, we may call God, who is your father, our father, and say in an expressive voice, our father. This is why. It, when we pray it, don't just, our father, what's that mean? Just meditate on one part, just like we said about the creed. Take one part and see what does that mean to you? Do I give reference to his name? Am I really forgiving the, what that person did to me, or am I holding on to something? Am I seeking his glory and not my glory? There's something in, in this template prayer for all of us to give us edification, healing, and fullness. So let us all stand up together to pray this template prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, so many of us, including myself, just go through the motions of just saying the Lord's Prayer and we kind of just quickly like mumble it and, and just, just go through it. But Lord, in this beautiful template that you gave us, you gave us this as a guideline for us to communicate with you and for us to build a friendship, an intimate bond with you. And you set, the, 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 you set this template with the first word by saying for us to call you Father. Because above all, God, you're not just a mighty power that sits from afar, but you are our Father, our Dad. Help us to live this out, and for it not just to become a formal prayer, but for us to live this out in you. Through the prayers of all your sins, Lord, hear us as we all, in an expressive voice, say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever.